to those Dolphins, those two-win Dolphins. They took it to them early. They took it to them often, and they let them off the hook. But if you listen to Doug Peterson, that's a good football team. <laughs> Gosh. That's a, that they're is just, a, hey, they're three and two in their last five. They're just, just saying. They're just misunderstood. That is a good football team. <laughs> Welcome into Crossing Broadcast here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. I'm Russ Joy. Caddy Corner from, no, you know what? I did that last week. Across from me. The bearded beauty himself, Big Bet Bob Wankel. I'm here to just talk some Eagles football. Big day out of the secondary yesterday. Carson Wentz clicking, finished strong down the stretch. Great game by him. Things are looking good. Next to me, Anthony Sanfilippo. I'm still recovering from the last show. Move on. (laughs) Across, (laughs) Across from him. Kevin Kincaid. Well, that's that's disappointing to hear, Anthony, because I was hoping that you could you could continue your rant about analytics on this show. It was such a good rant. I was, I was sitting here thinking, well, we don't even have to talk about the Eagles. Maybe we could, the old man yelling at the crowd at, at the at the cloud routine could carry over to this show. You see, the Simpsons is going off the air. Because I would enjoy. Is it really? Like, yeah, I saw that they're ending the they're ending after this season. Well, that's, oh, that's the season. That's disappointing. It's Disney. Talk about another disappointment. No Simpsons. No play. Well, maybe playoff playoffs for the Eagles. I'm not really sure. You know, I was sitting there watching that game uh, yesterday, and after it was over, I turned to my wife and I said, "You know what? At least I only have to do four more of these write-ups." You know, that was this. That was the uh, the silver lining. Imagine being a Washington the Redskins silver linings playbook. Imagine being a Redskins writer and realizing that there is a path for the Eagles and the Cowboys to finish with six wins. And the Redskins, if they win out, could win the division at Three seven and nine. <laughs> Chicago's gonna beat the so I Chicago's just, gonna beat can, the Cowboys. Can on I Thursday just say night? that yeah. as an but, agent of chaos, I almost want that to happen. There's two it. reasons. Like, want the Redskins one, to win? Yes. Yeah. There there are reasons. One, uh, I said this last week, but I, I don't trust that Howie Roseman would use that draft pick wisely or well. Uh, so it's it's kind of a lost cause anyway, but it might actually lead to some changes in the coaching staff. Um, it would prevent the Cowboys from winning. The only negative there is that Jason Garrett might actually get fired in that case. I want to keep him as long as we can. But the, the Redskins, just imagine well, having important. to go into an offseason if you're Howie Roseman realizing that the Redskins at 7-9 and nine somehow came back and won the division. Yeah. It's an indictment of your inability to build a cohesive roster that can contend, all while at the same time, Still being able to laugh at your biggest rival in Dallas. I actually have a a legitimate question. If the Eagles won the last four games of the season, this isn't an if or any of that. But if they if they did, would would Howie Roseman think to himself, "Wow, I actually I did put together a really good team." Like, isn't the writing on the wall at is this point? Regardless, yeah. Like, would would these four games, if they could potentially beat four terrible football teams really change this organization's reality about the way that they've assembled this team through free agency in the draft? Like, don't they know at this point after a, a mediocre season last year in which they caught fire at the end and now this again this year? That's a great question. And anybody who's listening, if they want to chime in and answer that, we will. But if anybody wants to call in, 888-728-9941. Again, that's 888-728-9941. All right, it's a great question. No, it's well, it's a failure already. I mean, you could run the table and go nine and seven, and I, well, I mean, I guess you would host the home playoff game, but I, it seems weird to say that if you were, you know, if you said at the beginning of the 
the season, the Eagles would host a home playoff game. Uh, that would be, a, I mean, we'd all say it was a success, right? Uh, sure. So, but I think now we're looking at it as a failure, correct? Because, I mean, it's not, because they kind of just, they would kind of just back into it. I mean, even a, even a four-game winning So think about it, then it, then the, the season as a whole, it would be uh, a win over Dallas, you know, going 5-1 and one against the NFC East. Uh, road wins against Buffalo and Green Bay. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's enough. I, I don't know if that. I mean, in, does it change well, the reality to, of of how they're going to internally evaluate themselves? It should. It it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't because it, it they, has they, in the past, though. It has in the past. Well, that's what's scary. Yeah, that's yeah, the scary thing. Yeah. Like they've had seasons in the past where they didn't have a great season, but they kind of. But they saw enough to kind of like, like justify. Saying, oh, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. Uh, yeah, our processes are fine. More, man. more during good. the Andy era. The after after the Super Bowl. Well, that's a scary. But, that's that's a scary than anything thing. else. But yeah. I think it, it, it's happened before. Yeah, because that's that's the one spot you don't want to be at. Like kind of that like pur- purgatory. I mean, I guess you would spin it into like, well, we got Carson Wentz play- at elusive playoff game finally. But I, it's it, for me for me it's not enough. I mean, I would still try to make significant changes even if even if they got there. But I, I said last week that it was a slam dunk if they can make the postseason, getting Carson Wentz that playoff game, having the home playoff game. It, it's good for the, the I guess, the mojo of the organization. It's good for him and his growth. Hopefully when they have a better team and they reach the postseason, it's not his first playoff game. So I think that that experience is extraordinarily valuable, but I am a little bit concerned if it would distort their perception of, of what has become blatantly obvious to most observers. You and, know? That, and, and that's why I think we have to weigh out here. And that's why I think it's part of the problem is, I, like I, I said earlier, but like, Fundamentally, I would like to see things fall apart, right? There's the rooting interest in me as a lifelong Philly team supporter of wanting to see them do well and finding it hard to believe that I would ever want to root against them. But typically when draft picks are are on the line and you're realizing that this team isn't even remotely close to contending, you would want them to get the best pick they can. The problem is, once again, what are, what are two of the biggest needs on this team? Cornerback and wide receiver. What has Howie Roseman proven time and time again he doesn't know how to draft? Cornerback and wide receiver. And it doesn't seem to matter who else is in the front office with him or who else in the football analytics department is. This team cannot identify quality players at outside positions. And it is a thing that if we look back on this a few years down the line and the, and the Eagles win Super Bowl 52, great moment, top moment in many of our lives as Philadelphia sports fans, if they never end up getting close to that pinnacle again, I think we look back on this time and we say a change needed to be made and maybe it ends up happening too late. Like my biggest fear right now is that between Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, because of a Super Bowl victory, this, this city and this fandom began the season in such a complacent state, almost not apathetic because apathetic would imply that they don't care but more of a complacency where it's, well, they'll figure it out. They've been underdogs before. Fans are used to that. I fear that we're going to get to a point with Doug Peterson and with Howie Roseman where they're not going to make the adjustments necessary, and we will look back on this years from now saying, if we had only made a change then, maybe we could have turned the team's fortunes around and we could have made a contender out of this team. Look at Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers every season. So what's the change? Do you mean at head coach? Do you mean replacing the general manager? I think. I mean, I just d- think depending- it's insane. This is the conversation, and I get this. Like Doug Peterson is is open to criticism here. He's not above it, 
But when you look at, he took over a train wreck of a team in year one with sure. a rookie quarterback. He wins it in year two. Last year, he had an underachieving team, and you can say that that's his fault. Like I can't excuse that away, but at the end, when everything was stacked against him, his team goes on a run, and they're dropped past away from being in the NFC Championship game again. So, like, are we really this quickly going to say, this guy can't coach, we've got to walk away from it? I, question, I just think that that's a quick trigger. I question other coaching personnel decisions that have been made. That's fair. And the way that some of those have negatively, potentially negatively impacted or have maintained a status quo at skill positions. So I look at, and, and I know that Kevin gets triggered whenever the name Frank Wright comes up. They, they've Who never, cares? They've, He's 6-6 six and six this year. What on. has he done in Indiana? I don't want to hear the Frank position, Reich the and position, John D. Filippo. The, the position coaches that have been hired oh my God. haven't necessarily well, done much can, in, in terms can of I player be the, development. Can I be the what, hedge? What receiver has gotten better can, with, can I, with this can offensive I be the, coaching Can I be staff? the hedge between the two of you? Sure. Can I be the hedge between the two of you? Okay. Uh, they brought in Frank Reich, John D. Filippo. They obviously had success when they were here. They'd leave. The solution probably was not to just um, promote from within. They, okay. What they probably should have done, I mean, yeah, those guys left, go out and find other guys who can come in and do this job, maybe with some experience, maybe who've been around some, you know, some good offenses in the past, rather than just promote guys who don't have experience just because you like them because they've been on your staff for a while. Right, and that staff was had not been together for that long. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they're only really assembled in 2016, so you're giving promotions to guys who had been like on in their roles for one year. Right. Like two years, you know. And what that's, I mean? Imagine that's, if you start. Imagine if you started like in any other career, you know, and you were like a, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Give me a career. You were like the the assistant, like assistant foreman on paralegal. On a, on a, okay, sure. Okay, you were like the assistant paralegal in like year number one. It's not a real blue collar job, though. We're talking no, to the blue collar Philadelphia <laughs> sportsman. <laughs> The assistant foreman on a Just construction re- project, okay? okay. All right, you're, the, speak, you're the assistant you, foreman you on a construction. You take your Manny Machado. We'll yeah. take our Bryce Harper. You, learned, you. you just le- you learned how to like supervise people on the job, and then you know, seven months later, they're like, "Well, the foreman just got a job with like some other place, so we're going to promote you to the foreman now." I mean, like, okay, so you had six, there was success within the setup that you were a part of, but do you really know what the hell you're doing? I don't know. I mean, Carson Walsh is in year number one of the being the wide receivers coach. He was an assistant last year. You know, the guy before him, Gunter Brewer, was here for a season before he he went back to college. You know, so he probably wasn't any good either. Uh, you know, Mike Groh was fired by his dad. You know, <laughs> and that those teams, his the the Al Grow teams at UVA were not any good either. So I mean, you can, you can kind of piece it together a little bit that way. I just the only the only reason I have that like. Reaction to the, to the reaction to, to the Frank yeah to the Reich and DiFilippo thing is because it's just it's not it's not quantifiable or qualifiable in a way that we can like parse and package it for the radio or for writing or whatever. Which is why you know, I see because you know you, how, how do you how do you you know evaluate a guy who didn't call the plays like unless we were sitting there in the in the meeting room with them or we bugged it like we were in the CIA or something and we put the, the bug in there and we were listening to what Frank Reich and John D. Filippo were telling the quarterbacks or were telling Doug Pierce. It's not we just don't we don't have a true evaluate evaluation of what they contributed versus what they did not contribute. I know? would argue that with young players, a player's improvement over time or lack thereof speaks to the coaches that are in place. And so I don't expect like a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to overnight become a deep threat. I don't expect him to all of a sudden become uh, an Alshon Jeffrey light. 
But I do expect that over the course of a season, you would see steady improvement of that player. Well, how and, much? But, but but how much of that do you think is him? You know, not getting the proper coaching versus him just uh, stinking. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm so, saying. Which is, I mean, which is like why a, I'm saying yeah. I think it's I think it's two it's two parts of this. If he's bad, then it was a bad decision by the front office to draft him. If he's a decent talent and he's not improving, then part of that is on your coaching staff for not being able to somehow reach him, or it's on the player. So are you saying that having... more that, that more than one thing could might? It's possible that there might be a of you course. know more than one thing at play. That's crazy because if you listen to the Foles people, or not even the Foles because you can't really be a pro Foles person anymore. You just have to be an anti Wentz person. All the members of the Folesian society have now. Uh, They've altered, gone back under their rocks. Yeah, they've altered their takes to to instead of being anti Wentz pro Foles, now it's just anti Wentz. Now they're just like, oh, was, you know, I just never liked Wentz ever, and they're like, well, Foles, you know, the reason he's not good in Jacksonville is because it's in Philly. He was only good in Philly. He was a bit, you know, they spun it into some like crapola take about like, well, he was really good. Well, do you when think that could be true though? Like, let's go back to Reich for a second. He was oh. good with the Eagles. Yeah, he's yeah. been okay in Indy. Like they had a nice year last year. He's had some injuries to his offense this year. They're not great. I mean, could he and be a good offensive assistant, but not a terrific head coach? Like, yeah, is that sure. possible? Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't think that what the Colts do on a weekly basis really gives any true indication of what he was to the Eagles or what he was to Doug Peterson. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. There's a personal element to it. How do two guys work together? How do the players in the room happen to respond to that particular personality? There's so many different layers and elements to this. And I think that we always want to try to grasp at, well, these guys left. They were the common denominator of when they were good. So it, it, we just make these conclusions because we're frustrated and we're. It gets hard to blame the same things over and over again, week after week. So where? So wh- let, let me like like moving it forward. Like where does the kick in the rear end come from? Because it doesn't. It doesn't seem to me like you know if Doug Peterson is a players coach. I think we're we all kind of understand that, right? Like he. I don't. I don't know if there's a ton of accountability you know going on behind the scenes, but of course you can't quantify that as well I mean obviously the team doesn't necessarily respond to Carson Wentz or like him so much uh the the motivators that we've seen in the past are disrespect right the underdogs thing I mean is there anything I mean is that the only thing no and I think that's the true worry I actually tweeted that and it's something that you've talked about in the past I don't know that this team can motivate itself intrinsically beyond they don't have it they don't they don't they're they're gonna get plenty of that this week you notice we didn't see Brandon Graham coming off the field yesterday bro hugging it out with D-Gun saying it's okay yeah it's okay we're gonna win the next one a bunch of those guys did yeah a bunch of the main guys didn't talk yesterday ironically Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills talked to the media so good so shout out to them for doing that but uh Fletcher Cox Jason Kelsey uh, I think Graham was one of them. To, or no, I think he did talk actually. But I mean, the point being, it's like can we actually, I, I don't know. I don't know what the I don't really know what the mental makeup of these. Can, dudes can we is talk like. about that for a second? I would love to hear everyone's opinion on this. There was a lot of criticism of those guys for not speaking after the game yesterday. And yeah. you know, I, somebody I, I forget who it was, but a prominent media person. in the I don't city know if fans care went, about that. As went much hashtag team leaders. Uh, it was, uh, is that a lack of leadership by not talking to the media after the game? It's, I mean, not, I it's one of those things. Angry, but it's uh, one of those things that's not. It's not as important as it seems, but I think it's just like help you, know, like help me, help it's, you. It's perception you know? is the reality. Yeah, right? Sure, that's what it is. I, I've never been a guy, and you know, I, in all of my years in in locker rooms and in hockey, obviously you always want to talk to the captain, right? Captain, 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 captain. So every time. You know, depending on who the captain is, some of them were had no problem. They would come out and talk every time. Some of them, like the current captain, doesn't like to talk because he's not a good talker, right? He just doesn't like it, especially after they lose. He doesn't like to talk. 
So I don't know. I mean, if the guys are blowing you off all the time, then maybe there's a problem with it. But look, if they they're, they're I just don't know that that's they're a, frustrated. They had a bad I, game and they don't want to talk. I just don't well, know that that's an indicator of leadership. Let though. it be. What happens pick, behind closed doors has nothing to do correct. with whether you know or not they're willing to but go it's on. Not, but it's there, not what they there, there's a counter to that though, because the the thing that Anthony and I have kind of gone back and forth about for a year now with the Flyers is last year the Flyers had a terrible season, and Claude Giroux a lot of times would kind of duck the media. Right, it, it, it was a thing. Yeah, it happened. He, he goes, he goes off. He he takes the shower, right, and then it's you go out, you do, you do the coach's media availability, and then you go back and maybe you wait around for another 15, 20 minutes in addition to what you were waiting before you went to the coach. Meanwhile, young guys and like a Sean Couturier, who's like found his role as a team leader, is the guy out there every game answering the tough questions. And you're like, all right, well, you're the if you're Claude Giroux, you're the guy. You're the guy wearing the C. You should be the guy. Answering questions. And even if you're requested every time, like that's part of being a captain. That's a little bit different than this. It was it was Derek Gunn who who said hashtag team leaders. And I'm sorry, and and Derek Gunn is is an institution in the city, right? Like he's one of the few of the old guard on on NBCS Philly who has kept their job through all of the the turnover they've had at that network. I I don't necessarily know if he's the guy who has the the chutzpah to to put that out, if he's got the clout to do it, because it feels like with the case of Derek Gunn, things go well. We bro hug. We're chummy with the with the pals, and then, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's gonna go face to face with these guys, and say it to them. You know, mocking the team leader idea, but I'm not so sure he's going to. And I think throwing it out there is here's not reckless. It's just like it's just kind of dumb to me. It's here, almost it's almost like you're trying to show the fans like I'm on your side. Here's but who I would you? like to hear from. Here's who I would like to hear from. I like to hear from Jeffrey Lurie. Oh yeah. How about you know, the, and it's the interesting GM? to me. Well, yeah, and it's interesting to me because you know, I was trying to, I was trying to juxtapose this with what we see in Dallas every week, where Jerry Jones probably speaks way too often, uh, you know, to the to the detriment of the team. Like you don't have to hear from him every single night, uh, but Jeffrey Lurie speaks never, you know. But if if you were wondering kind of like where the leadership or where the accountability is going to come from, it'd be nice to hear from the owner and say, you know, this is crap. This is dog crap. You know, we're not going to do this anymore. You know, f- send a message, do something, you know. And and his absence is conspicuous as well at the same time. So I, d- I just don't, I don't. The one, the one thing I'll say about that, though, Kev, yeah. is if you look over the history of these guys being in charge, Laurie is the owner and, yeah. and, and Roseman in his time as general manager, they, they do duck the media for lengthy periods of time. Yeah. They don't speak. Not it's, at all. It's, yeah, it's not a. It's, there's a pattern. They never. It's, it's this their, is very typical. It's their do. thing. Yeah. And and I don't. Yeah. I never agreed with it. I would like to hear from even when the what when the team's doing well, come out and talk. Like I like you to don't hear even from have you. to really. You don't even, ha- even yeah. really have to say anything. And this kind of continues the point that Russ was making. Like for these these t- quote unquote team leaders, I don't need to hear anything groundbreaking from them. But no. I think it's just a nice gesture that helps send a message to the fans that says Correct. we do care. You know, it, it, you're only helping yourself when you appear in front of the, in front of the media. You know, you you could take three crappy questions that don't matter, but people are saying, "Hey, you know what? He showed up." You know, yeah. and that's all that matters. Uh, I found it interesting that today was the first time that we really heard Jeffrey Lurie's name linked to anything, and it was from Chris Mortensen who said, "If the Eagles kind of continue down this path, yeah, that yeah, yeah, there's yeah. going to be changes made to the staff." Well, he said, um, "Yeah, he he said that he texted Lurie, didn't hear back." Um, and that uh, if the Eagles didn't go on a did not go on a playoff run, uh, that there would be significant. Uh, yeah, significant was the word they used. Changes to the staff, but would not include Doug Peterson. Right. So if they get so who so who do we? Th- I mean, do we? Uh, la, 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 Mike. I mean, Mike Grow. Do we think probably be the, the fall the fall guy? Uh, Schwartz. Do we think James Schwartz, Schwartz is in trouble? 
See, the dynamic the question of that is like is how much of a blind because... loyalty Doug has to these guys, though, right? Like Schwartz, especially. He shouldn't have any. To, well, I, I don't. Well, that dynamic is so interesting because, you know, Schwartz was was not his guy. You know, if you go back to the very beginning. And, and do you remember the story where so, there was a report that Schwartz might have been angling for Doug's job after the oh, first yeah, year? Oh, uh, yeah. McLean dropped that like right before the Super Bowl. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember that, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, there's, there, you know, I mean, we all poo pooed the, uh, the Joe Santa Liquido story about Wentz, and you know that turned out that there was some truth to that too. So I wouldn't, you know, sit here and poo-poo that by default. Although it was just kind of funny how they had ended up winning the Super Bowl that season. But I mean, it goes back to the point that you know Jim uh, Jim Schwartz wasn't necessarily Doug Peterson's guy. So I mean, what is the dynamic between them anyway? You know, and would uh, you know if he did not bring him in, would that suggest that he would be okay with him taking the fall? You know. More, more than like a, a grow or somebody else. I mean, you're not going to who, – who else can you really go for anyway? It's it's not going to be Carson Walsh doesn't move the, the needle enough. You know, Deuce Staley, it's not his fault. Uh, Dave Phipp is the special teams coach who's been here for like 400 years. So I, I if you're looking – if you look for, if it's not Doug Peterson and it's not going to be Howie Roseman, uh, the only other needle mover that really does anything are the coordinators, you know? I think both are in play. Yeah, I don't see yeah. why not. I mean, for, is, the, for them to <laughs> – I mean, God. So M- Miami uh, Ruben Frank's statistical master of the universe uh, was trying to find out the last time that the Eagles gave up uh, f- touchdowns on – was it five straight drives? Yeah, yes, five, five, five straight drives. Straight okay. drives yeah. And uh, he went all the way back to 1977 and couldn't find it. <laughs> and, if, and listen – if Rube can't find the stat, then I don't know, man, because uh, he can find every stat. Against a team scoring there. 15 points per game coming in. Yeah, so, I, I uh, you know, it's it's infuriating to me how, uh, you know, it's like watching West Virginia football over the last 10 but, years. It's like when the defense is good, the offense sucks. When the offense is good, the defense sucks. But I, I don't are, – are we – are we, Bob, you're probably the most anti-Wentz person here. Uh, do you do, – how, how much – how much in the uh, – in the, the blame-o-meter, how much was Carson responsible for any of that? Uh, I don't think – I mean, in order to try to keep some type of credibility, I can't sit here and tell you that <laughs> that Carson Wentz was the primary issue yesterday. This is me throwing the fishing – Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to take the bait on that. Yeah, yeah. Carson Wentz in the, yeah. in the laundry list of issues that the Eagles had yesterday was probably – fifth or sixth i think he left some throws on the f- anthony rolls his eyes i know anthony <laughs> loves carson wentz i mean did he miss throws yesterday yeah he did I'm every sorry. quarterback misses throws yeah, in games again but it's the same throws again and again and oh. again i mean the the, the ball down uh, left hash to, here, here, to I'll read you. jeffrey in the second half I'll i mean that's you. a throw he's got to make in his sleep it's just, i'll read, it's I'll read it you is. i'll read you the list of stuff that i didn't like from wentz second drive he threw the ball directly to defender remember that one yeah, yeah. then i think Defensive on the same tackle. yeah it was either on that drive or the next one he sailed a ball high on aguilar uh, the the play action that they ran where they tried to move him to the right off the shotgun on the third drive, he had Zach Ertz on the short release to the right. Instead, did not throw it to him. Uh, halftime, he overthrew Aguilar in the flat. Uh, the third and seven, listen, so the sack on third and seven, this is the play where Zach Ertz dropped the pass that prob- probably would have went for a touchdown. Would have been right? a touchdown. That was second down. So they ended up on third and seven. I, he, I know nobody's open on that third and seven, but throw the ball away. Uh, because then you're just backing up, backing them up on the field goal that they missed from 49 yards. Go, go figure. Um, that Jake Elliott would miss his first field goal too. He overthrew Jeffrey on the sideline as you were talking about there, and then the one deep into double coverage uh, for Jeffrey. I didn't, I didn't get either. But 
Well, I mean, the one, look, the the one that's deep double coverage to Jeffrey, that's the play. Uh, I, mean, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it's. I don't know if I would throw it to Jeffrey in that play. I don't. I, you got to put a faster receiver. No, I know. Well, that was the bizarre. I mean, you're yeah. you're screwed if you do, screwed if you don't. Because right. Jeffrey's the only guy who can go up and catch a ball like that, but he's also too slow for it. So right. I mean, and Aguilar can't catch that pass, but he's fast enough for it. So it's like I don't, you know, cutting. Only off we had a 32 year old off injured wide receiver that the entire season was hanging on. Yeah. yeah. Were you making a phone message at me, or was that a hand? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. I, was, I, missed, I, was, I, I was getting a hold. I was getting a hold of Ryan. That's all. Well, we listen. I mean, Carson. So Carson went through for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. I, I think most quarterbacks probably, if I go back and look at it, have done that against the Miami Dolphins. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that that's so, really kind of what my thing is. Like, that's what are you we should have done. I'm, for, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, like, so. they're last in DVOA and pass defense. Like, it matters. They yeah, have yards yeah. per pass attempt. They're terrible. I mean, they that was a secondary yesterday that was missing its two starting safeties and two starting cornerbacks from week one yeah. and had significant injuries to its backups coming in. Like, that's what you – all right, and like I'm not trying you to take anything away from the guy, but like you have to, you have to play well. Against I got to come up with a better, with a better, because uh, I always do the Chris Rock thing after everyone. I got to come up you with supposed a different. To, so yeah, you Lamar, supposed to throw so, for 300 yards against me. Uh, MVP candidate, probably MVP of the league, Lamar Jackson, mm. Week One, 324 yards, five touchdowns. Okay, the goat. Tom, can, can I just Tom, stop Tom you? Brady. You don't even need to read this because a lot of quarterbacks that didn't throw for big yardage against them, it was just because the Eagles ran the – or it was because opponents just ran the ball down sure. their throats. Well, because well, they also looking, have a terrible Because then the next defense. week they played the Patriots. Brady went under 300 yards, two touchdowns. But, yeah, Sonny Michel had Sonny Michelle, 21 uh, carries, and they had, I think it's eight different guys ran the ball in that well, game. Well, that's the thing, and I wrote about it. I, I put an entry on there saying, you know, why didn't they run the ball a little bit more? And then I kind of revised that take throughout the day because I realized, well, they stink against the pass, too. You know, so, well, I mean, so move the ball however you want to move the ball. I, I, it I, was I, working for 28, the first 28 points, it right? Was, and they didn't have a problem so, scoring. And even even if you take out, like, if you if you took out the probably, like, the 10 or so passes, that they threw in the last drive, the last two drives that they're playing from behind. So instead of a 46 to 19 skew, you get like a 36 to 19 or whatever the hell, right? But, but here's the thing like, they only ran the ball three times on the 13 plays in the two drives where they missed the field goal and then the one that was right before that or either right after that. So there's a chunk, there was a chunk. This is, this is when they're leading 28 to 14 and 28 to 20 on the ensuing 13 plays after that. They threw it ten times and they ran it three times, and and I think Miles Sanders ran for sixteen yards on those three carries. Mm-hmm. So it just there was a little section of that game where it got just a little out of sync. Where I think a couple of those Jeffrey tosses were in there, and so it wasn't like a macro level thing for me, but it was just part of the game where it was like ah, you, you kind of had like a nice balance going before that, and then they they only got away from it for a little bit, and then they came back. But I think for me, uh, what was frustrating about the offense yesterday was you know how like Miami made some plays. Devontae Parker was awesome. Made some big-time plays in that game. You yeah, kind of yeah, had to tip your cap sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas with the Eagles' offense, their inability to score on certain drives, it was all self-inflicted. Like, you, it, there yeah, was no tipping yeah. of the cap to the Miami defense yesterday. It was either a misthrow or drops, a drop or misthrow. Zach Ertz losing his feet at the goal line. Yeah. I mean, just stupid stuff that it was all just self-inflicted, and that was what was frustrating from the offensive standpoint. The points output aside. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, and uh... – Look, I I, I I understand what people are saying about Carson Wentz having to just put the team on his shoulders at some point and deliver a win. And no, no, you shouldn't be in the situation where you're in a freaking shootout with the Miami freaking Dolphins, you know. But 
you know, there are other quarterbacks, and I'm I've been probably more pro Wentz than other people, uh, you know, over the course of the year. But there, there, you are waiting for that time where, listen, okay, well, here's what the situation is. It's not your fault that the situation is what it is. But what are you going to do about it? Yeah, like, is it unreasonable you know, like, to say yesterday? And Anthony, I you, I would love to hear your responses. Like, is it unreasonable to say, yeah, listen, the defense was god awful yesterday, atrocious performance. Yeah, how about Let, that? Let's see the yeah. I let's mean, hear you come back from that one. But like, let's see the quarterback yeah. just outplay. I mean, uh, in a situation where he probably I, I get it. But I get it. You, you also did see a difference having Jeffrey and Aguilar. Not that they're great players. But they sure. both had good games yesterday. Nice but we're not catches. talking they about just the last two weeks here. I'm yeah. talking about the entire body of work. Well, do you want to really to want to talk later. about his body of work? Please don't set him up. He's been working in the Google Doc the entire day against, like, historical all-time stuff. Let's, 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 let's talk about analytics, actually. You want to talk about analytics? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I did, I did this, and I'll take five minutes. I really won't take long on this, okay? Uh, but here's what I did, Bob. Just I did this for you. I did this for you, and I did it for Russ. Because right? Kevin's kind of sort of on my side on this thing. So I did it for you, too. All right. But I went back and I took I said, let me just go historically top 10 quarterbacks in passing yardage, top 10 quarterbacks in quarterback rating. OK, all time. Uh -huh. And I added a few more guys who weren't on that list who are great quarterbacks today. Really good quarterbacks today. So I got a list of 18 quarterbacks. OK. And then and I went through their first 52 games. because That's what Carson Wentz has played. 52 games. And I went through their first 52 games as professionals. OK, 11 of these guys won Super Bowls and thir 13 of them have been there. OK. And I and I looked at all the major statistics that you look at and measure quarterbacks with. Are these counting stats or underlying stats? The so only quarterback to rank in the top eight in every category. Arbitrary number. It's not an arbitrary go ahead, go number. Ahead, eight. Go ahead. It's because that's the, the went first of all. He's top five, top six, the top third in everything except one, where he ranks eighth. But he's the only one to rank in the top eight in every category. So he's putting up numbers that are comparatively better than some of the greatest quarterbacks that are currently playing today or have played all time in this league over the course of his first 52 games. That does that mean does that mean he's well, had a bad does that mean he he can't have bad games? He can certainly have bad games. He can certainly have a bad season. But these guys where we put these guys on pedestals to say that they're so great and yet Wentz is putting up similar numbers. How many of the guys that you're comparing him to? That are in that top eight, top Go 10, ahead. top 15, yep. had elite Super Bowl caliber teams surrounding them in their first, let's say, two years. Well, yeah, like, are we talking about Peyton Manning with a three win Colts because team? Because I, like, I think that plays into this a little bit, doesn't it? Like, it has to. Brady, be talented Brady, enough. Brady won the Super Bowl his first year. Well, sure. we can go down a dark uh, hole with okay. this. Like, and, like, listen, uh, okay. this, this goes back to your point. So, so, there's, so there's one. That was a Super Bowl Mo contending. Monta team. Montana went to the Super Bowl in his third year. Okay. Okay. He's on the list. Marino went to the Super Bowl in his second year. Didn't win it. He's on, but he went there. Yeah, okay. He's on the list. Uh, Favre wasn't his wasn't as when we got to Green Bay in what ninety three. So I guess it was his third year. Yes. Third year in Green Bay yes. when he got to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers it was his third year starting that he won the Super Bowl. I mean, all these guys are on this list. Drew Drew Brees is Matthew Stafford on that list. No, he's not. Okay. The Can only we, the only weird name that's on the list is Kirk Cousins. I like Kurt Cousins. Oh, so it's, only, it's, only, it's only weird name. Yeah. Kurt Cousins. Oh, Ro Romo is also yeah. on there, which is kind of weird. Can we too. all agree at least that um, Carson Wentz looked a little bit better when they were moving him around yesterday? Yes, yes. for sure. Hundred percent. That's what we've been screaming. I think everybody's been screaming for that for a while. And even on the play, it, it wasn't designed for him to to move in the pocket. But I thought his best pass of the day was the touchdown to to JJ Arthega Whiteside. Yes, okay. absolutely. Timing it in his head feels the collapse on the left side. I'm flushed out to the right. I know it's third. 
third and goal from the 15-yard line, and either I'm throwing it away for a better field goal position or I'm throwing a touchdown. He kind of held, 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 waited for the receiver to come back to me through a touchdown. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the design stuff earlier, I think he was hitting on it. So I, I just – I think I think here's the thing with Carson Wentz, like from a from a long term perspective, I don't I don't think he's ever gonna be like a, a an elite pocket passer, like I think he's there's a little bit more of, uh I don't I don't want to say Lamar Jackson I don't want to say Josh Allen I mean like there's more his legs are always gonna kind of have to be a part of his game whether we like it or not yeah you know so I th- I think after the injury well. injuries. Uh, you know, the kind of people say, well, it's, he's got to be safe. You know, it's you know, he can't put himself in harm's way or whatever. But it may have to be one of those things where, for him to be what we think he is, he's going to have to put himself I, in danger. And if that cuts his career shorter, I think the so com- be I it, think the compare the comparison that you can make is, can he be Ben Roethlisberger? Roethl- okay, that's a go. Because yeah. Roethlisberger, yeah. when he was younger, yes. was more yeah. mobile, and he was a bigger guy who could kind of like sh- you know shrug dudes off, right. and he had escapability in a way that was more of like. I'm big and burly, and you're not going to bring me down. Versus like I'm right, but, uh, and Michael as, Vick. And as he yeah. got older, yeah. he was became more of a pocket passer. But he also became more experienced and was able to get better. Yeah, at that's being a, a good, that's passer. a good shout. I, and I think know. that that, and I think that that's what he can be. Yeah. And if he turns out to be Ben Roethlisberger, are we upset? No, nobody's upset by that. And the thing is, like, I, I feel like you can't be critical of Carson Wentz without being accused of like, oh, you want him out of town? Like, no, I don't. I just want him to be a little bit better. Yeah. And, and I, listen, I, I'm not telling you he's not a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's top. Seven. I'm not saying he's bottom third quarterback. I just like to see a little bit more. I think that the problem for me is that I tell people like stop talking about 2017, but I'm guilty of it. Like I expected him to be Aaron Rodgers. I thought he was going to be this guy that could take fatally flawed teams and drag them to the finish line, and he he isn't that. Like I'm sorry. We can do statistics. We can talk about what makes him good, and he very well may win multiple Super Bowls and could be Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not saying that none of that is is impossible or is is impossible, but what I'm saying is I just thought he'd be a little bit better right now. I thought he was going to be the MVP of the NFL this year, and he hasn't been that. Yeah. I, that's um, why I'm disappointed. That, that kind of, to me, is like my, my main takeaway yesterday was the – Wentz had a better overall game, and having Alshon Jeffrey back is huge. But I look at the way that his coaches ended up, I think, blowing it down the stretch. They put him back in the crosshairs. Like, I think Carson Wentz was set up to have almost a redemption arc kind of story. I made the joke last week about, like, the Shawshank redemption kind of thing, the Andy Dufresne crawling through 300 yards of feces and coming out (laughs) clean on the other side. Like, it was perfectly set up for that. And then what happened? The coaches, by virtue of Doug Peterson being an absolute dope in terms of his run-pass ratio with a lead, with a double-digit lead in the third quarter of a game, he kind of put this back on his quarterback. My, my only thing is, I think that, did the defense play like garbage, especially down the stretch yesterday? Absolutely. Do I think that it's typically on a quarterback and on the offense to have the pride of saying, hey, we were in the last two, the last two weeks that we didn't deserve to be in. We didn't really deserve to be in that Seattle game. We didn't really deserve to be in that New England game. The defense kept us in. Let's pick them up. Let's lift them from our side of the ball. And by the way, that's a thing that this team talked about a lot in 2017, is that when one side of the ball isn't playing well, the other two do. The special teams on whichever side of the ball typically tended to pick those guys up. It just didn't happen yesterday. And and that to me, it's that I wasn't angry at Carson Wentz at the end. I was disappointed that they couldn't get enough points 
to pick up the defense on a day that they struggle. You know what I think about when I when I think about the 2008 Phillies or just a mini like the quote unquote dynasty era back then. The first thought that comes to mind always when I think of them is like, damn, you know they should have won another one. Yep. That's the first thing I think of when I think about that. And it's negative, but I don't think it's off base when you look at how much talent those teams had. But it's just like it's sad to think about that and have that be like the first thing that comes to mind. I feel, I feel like we're in danger of that kind of becoming. But it also goes, that's, it that's also goes to before, but it also goes to show how hard it is. Yeah. Ask the Atlanta Braves. They won the division fourteen years in a row yeah, and won yeah, one World Series. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's not that easy. There are going to be other good teams, and you. No, it, I, it, 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 yeah, I know, I know. It's just, I, I think the disappointment for me is like knowing that they could never kind of elevate themselves again above that baseline. We feel disrespected, like the underdog. They couldn't play as like what? What's the race that they do in Alaska? The Iditarod? Yeah. Is it in Alaska? Okay, so the Eagles were like the dog running at the yeah. back of the sled, and then when they came in 2018, they were at the front of the sled, but they couldn't. They weren't good enough to be at the front front of the sled. So they went back to the back of the sled. They got pissed off again, and they're like, you know what? We're going to start playing. Yeah. But you don't. You shouldn't have to be relegated to the back of the Iditarod Crossing sled. broadcast. Come for the <laughs> Eagles. For the Eagles analysis. Stay yeah. for the Iditarod. Let's yeah. talk about hockey. Should we talk about hockey? I actually have a question. No, here. it's not. How are, no, no, I don't want to talk about hacking. How are <laughs> the hottest team in town? <laughs> Please like my sport. Nobody cares. How are we supposed to watch the Eagles moving forward? Like Monday you don't, night, right? You like, don't, like no, because no, you, you do, because it's the Eagles, and because they can still make the playoffs. The they're an eight-point favorite. They're, they're gonna, there we they're, go. They're gonna, that, win, they're gonna win the division, guys. That is they're a great. They're one week closer. <laughs> they're <laughs> one week closer <laughs> to winning the division than they were a week ago, which not is crazy. That, and not nobody that, wants to they hear. They don't have to go four and zero. I'm oh, telling you, they're gonna shit. they can win this division without going four and zero. Let me ask you a serious question. Are we up against a break? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say Bob asked a really good question. We'll answer it on the other side. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's. You're listening to Crossing Broadcast here on six ten ESPN Philadelphia. Feel free to call in. 888-728-9941. We'll be back momentarily to answer Bob's question. How do you watch the Eagles? Hi, I'm Russ Joy. And I'm Anthony Sanfilippo. If you're looking for the ultimate Flyers talk, there's only one place to go. The only Flyers radio show. Snow the goalie. On 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Where you can hear Russ and I go back and forth on all things Philadelphia Flyers. Where we have frequent guests. Exclusive interviews. Exclusive interviews. The coach, the players, former players. Everyone you want to hear from Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. Here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Oh, yes. We are back. Here on Crossing Broadcast here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Hey, Ross, I got breaking news. Whoa. DraftKings. They've they've launched an online sports book. Yeah, they've launched an online sports book created by sports fans for sports fans, and it's now available in Pennsylvania. That's right. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, has brought their expertise to legal sports betting and is already America's top-rated sportsbook app. The DraftKings Sportsbook app has it all. Over, unders, player props, in-game betting, special odds boosts every day for the biggest games. Now, this isn't some offshore operation like other gambling sites. It's a legitimate sportsbook based right here in the good old U.S. of A. America. So, America. <laughs> so you can <laughs> you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. Get in on the action wherever, whenever in the Keystone State. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use the code. That's what George Washington would have wanted. <laughs> 
Use the code Crossing Broad when you sign up for a limited time. For, yeah. All new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. That's code Crossing Broad to get a deposit bonus up to $500. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm going to pass it over to Big Bet Bob for his bet of the week. Oh, oh boy. I like the Atlanta Hawks tonight in the NBA laying six and a half. Oh. Ross, any thoughts on the yeah. Hawks? Uh, I like the Hawks. The Hawks are fine. <laughs> They're terrible. They're you have a you have a Sixers thing right tonight too, right? There what was a Sixers thing. The Sixers, uh, they're they're a pretty fair enough bet to win the first quarter. I know that it's not great value. It's minus one sixty seven. Oh, uh, but they're they're a pretty solid bet to pull this one off. Uh, Can I tell you about my O for day on? Uh, I was going to give you numbers. Okay, oh, go, okay. Ahead. go ahead. Let me tell you about That's... my O for day. Well, I got to finish the read Trust first. Ross. Oh, I'm sorry. Why don't you finish the read? Yeah, you must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. <laughs> Restrictions apply. Um, Sixers uh, won the first quarter in the last eight games. That's great. Last eight home games. This see, is good. See DraftKings.com for details. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. If you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So Go ahead, you, don't, you don't play roulette then? Here's Jazz have been outscored in the first. Or, uh, Ma- the Mahjong, as Rondé Barber said yesterday on the broadcast. Yeah, Car- Carson Palmer. Yeah, Carson Palmer. Twice. Uh, Nathan Jerry. They're both redheaded. Yeah. He They're also both s- redheaded, overrated quarterbacks, Ronde, right? Rondé Barber mm-hmm. also also thought that uh, also said that he thought the Eagles would be disappointed with their performance, which I, I thought that was a good take too. <laughs> so here's here's what I did on DraftKings yesterday. Uh, I bet the Eagles money line loss. Uh, took Le'Veon Bell over 96 scrimmage yards against the Bengals. Surely, right? No loss. Uh, I took the over on Nick Foles passing yards loss. Uh, and, and in fantasy, this isn't even DraftKings, but I benched Cortland Sutton. That was a good play. Uh, I played. <laughs> Caught a ball with one hand. I played Zach Ertz. Staving over Jack off a defender. Well, I mean, it was uh, what's his face's first uh, start. Drew, yeah, Drew, uh, Lock. Drew Lock. I like right? Drew Lock. So, yeah, of course, that was a d- dumb thing by me. But I made up for it with like fifty dollars in free bets anyway. So I'm gonna f- hit that bad boy up later tonight. Uh, by the way, quick note here. What's up with that chick who said she'd never heard of Van Halen before? Did you hear about oh, that? Oh, yeah, Bill, Billie Eilish? Yeah, what's her problem? Uh, how can you never heard of Van Halen? I know. she needs. My to, daughter listens to She needs to get with the Billie program. Eilish. I'm going to send Billie Eilish uh, 5150, and we're going to send her some some of uh, David Lee Roth Van That's Halen. Un- yeah. I was un- I was my, yeah. my, my heart sank when no, I saw I was, that. It was, a, it was an outrage. How can, uh, you, how can you be a superstar? <laughs> Let's get it back to the— <laughs> No, but seriously, how can well, you no, be— She's a, 17, and, and what, I get it. has Van Halen done anything in 17 years? My, my son's 17. He listens to the Beatles, all right? I mean, Well, you're his dad. That's, well, you know. <laughs> but that's my point. So, <laughs> like, so you're saying she has bad parents? Yeah, it's okay. bad parenting. <laughs> it's bad parenting. How can you be a superstar well, and musician send her, and I'm not gonna, know who Van Halen is? I'm just going to get her address. We'll send her a couple CDs. And uh, we'll rectify the problem. But, Bob, you had a, uh, a question. A question, yes. I'm with Anthony. I, I think that the Eagles, uh, though they are a hot mess, are also one week closer to the NFC East crown. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. Are I mean, re- is this really? They may, really? Yeah, I mean, like, listen, you always say, like, can't two things be true? Like, yes, yeah, the Eagles yeah, suck. Yeah. Uh, and yes, they do not deserve to be in the postseason, but also uh, they very well may likely get there, and and I think they're going to. And the season's, eight, the season's been mercurial enough. You know, that, I look like, at I, nothing it, would surprise me. They're an eight point favorite on, on Monday night. I know they were just a ten and a half point favorite on Sunday against Miami, but you look at FPI, look at ELO, eighty percent plus chance of winning this game. Then they go to Washington again. They'll be a substantial favorite uh, even on the road. And then I think it's still going to come down to this Cowboys game. And really, it's just like recency bias. It's who you see last is the team that you think sucks more. Yeah, I mean, Dallas yeah. is not a good football team. I'm sorry. Uh, they're also a very poorly coached team whose staff will not be here beyond this season. 
And, yeah. you know, I, I I think the Eagles are a bad football team, but I think they're still going to do it. Well, that's the thing that we were saying the last couple of weeks, though. You know, you, you don't ever feel better about them because every positive – uh, that you could put in their column right now is basically just a negative from another team. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's nothing that – I mean, you, you said last week, okay, well, the defense is turning the corner. Yeah. Well, not now. Pfft, not yep. now. Uh, you know, other than that, it's, well, Dallas is not that great. Uh, the NFC East stinks. So uh, you know, so all the all the Eagles positives really so are we not Eagles. So we have to positives. watch this, other... like is the, the Giants, right? Like, <laughs> well, the, I hope not, so because we're doing the right. But the like I'm saying, like as a fan, like the Giants have lost now six games a season by 14 points or more. So the Eagles ought to come in on Monday night and and blow this team out. And if they do, like I think as you a fan, do you go like, hey, all right, cool, like we're. I think you hate, especially hate if, especially yeah. if especially if Dallas loses Thursday in Chicago, which they they might. Yes, they might. I mean, you hate you hate watch it. You say, "Oh, well, I'm going to watch because everybody else stinks." But you know deep down that this this team doesn't have it. I mean, and that's what we've been consistent saying. I think everybody here kind of said. I mean, aside from like maybe matching up against a team that's playing their first playoff game, which is going to like happen, another Bears situation. I mean, there's nothing to make you feel like if the Eagles get there, that they're going to do anything. So I think the best case. What's the best case scenario for the youth? Best case scenario is that we get Carson Wentz that damn playoff game, right? And they show okay, and uh, but but you don't have too much success. Where Howie says, "Well, we're good." I stand by. I this. mean, so where where wherever that line, find me the find me the line where you know you you move forward in a couple personnel areas, but it's still not good enough for them to I, feel sad. I stand by this you know? that they are going to win this division, and it might be at eight and eight instead of nine and seven, and they're going to host a game against San Francisco, and. Because the and I'll tell you what, when that game is scheduled, will dictate a lot. If San Francisco's got to come east and play a one o'clock game, well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a tough what we thing were too. Yeah, and Jimmy Jimmy G, like you know, First, how many? I feel a lot better about play, that yeah. take if I didn't watch him go toe to toe with Baltimore yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I know, Baltimore's I know. defense isn't that great. It's okay. <sighs> well, I mean, what are the Eagles, right? That's, like, the, that's like, what I'm that, saying. I feel like that's kind of part of the problem too. Is like we constantly go back to the idea of like this Eagles team being always being like a top tier team and it's always like the the comparative is typically well they're how, insert x team here look, isn't that good as if the eagles have to be because there, we're used to them being the gold and this there is have been, gold standard there have been two seven and nine teams to make the playoffs and win in the first yeah. round they uh, won the first round. See, was Seattle, Seattle, Seattle the last one? Seattle was the last one. Was that one. the uh, – Actually, twice. I that think was it, a seven and nine season. Yeah. That was Marshawn, Marshawn went off I think that, that was the year yeah, after – uh, The year won, before the Super Bowl. The year, yeah. the year before they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that was – Okay, so then it was it was years prior was yeah. – uh, We want the ball and we're going to score. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was, was before that. that, that yeah, that was before that. That was in Green Bay, yeah. So does anybody else have a final Eagles note here? So, But if that happens, let me just ask you. If that happens, Eagles 8-8. Win the division and they get San, get San Fran, Fran, Fran and you home. win that game and all of a sudden you're in a divisional playoff game at New Orleans or at Green Bay and you lose there. I think the best case scenario is that they get San Fran at home. Carson Wentz lights it up, but they lose anyway. And so you get what you wanted from that perspective, but no. you know they say this is not good enough. We still have to make change because you don't you don't want to end up where the Sixers were from 2003 yeah. to 20. Well, to 2014 when the process started where you're just in purgatory where you're like not really that good but you're not really that bad and at the end of the day you ain't, ain't achieving new england aside else. though i think the chaos of the nfl 
doesn't allow teams to really stay there. I mean, I know no, you can yeah. point the teams. Yeah, like right. the Texans, I feel like, kind of fall into that category yeah. where they're there, but they're not really contenders. So I know there are examples you can point to, but I do think the year-to-year, uh, you know, I hate the word, but parody of the NFL doesn't quite allow for it the way it does in the NBA. Bob, let's continue, actually. I'm going to throw this to you. Uh, Andrew Knapp. Uh, Philly next year. We got a rundown. We got a rundown. Yeah. Does anybody look anything? at this thing behind, besides me? Am I the only one who looks at the I'm rundown? I'm looking at or? it right now. Okay. I was waiting to see if I, I had Ryan Lennox uh, behind the glass working on something. I don't know if he actually found anything or not. Andrew Knapp. It, oh, wait. Inconsequential. You inconsequential. Know, I, I think it's a... Here, here we go. Oh. Here's oh, our here rundown. Go. Andrew Knapp. Andrew Cra- Oh, the Bay Hill music. Yeah, that was my request. Oh, very good. That's very nice. Yeah, I mean, like, he's... He's not a very good baseball player. I don't know that he really matters in the grand scheme of things. He won't be the thing that wrecks the 2020 Phillies. I'll, I'll say that. I, Nothing I, like taking I was, the best. I was ready to move on. I would like to start, moved on. Yeah. You start the best catcher in baseball, and you back him up with arguably the worst, the worst catcher yeah. in I mean, baseball. he's a bad baseball player. Nice guy, though. Yeah, uh, going from one end of the spectrum to the other with that. Um from Real Muto to Nap, that is. Uh, Sixers, Russ, where are you on the Sixers right now? Sixers are finally rebounding. They're finally doing the thing that we expected them to do. They're not doing it in as dominating of a fashion as they should be, but they're still decent. I'm going to read you a statistic uh, from the other night. So Embiid went out and he had the donut uh, in Toronto, the Canadian donut. I had uh, two, two donuts. Maple glaze? Uh, from Tim Hortons. <laughs> It's a good organization. Organize. So he shot, uh, and more than anything, that what stuck stu- stuck out to me, stood out to me, stuck out at me. Um, the thing that I noticed, Chris was more, more than anything, was that uh, he was 0 for 3 from the foul line of the Toronto loss. I mean, surely if you're 7 foot 1, even if you're not shooting well, you're having an off night, get to the foul line, yeah. Um, since he went 0 for 3 from the foul line of the Toronto loss, he's 40 for 44 yep. from the charity stripe, 91%. Yep. And he's taken 53 field goals. Only 10 of them have come from three-point range. You know what okay, I like? So he's, look, he's just looked so much, so much more dialed in and, and focused since uh, going up against Marcus. You know what else has been nice though? himself. And he said as much. I mean, yeah. he said, he said, quote, I got it right here. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I have the Brett Brett. Oh, no, no, no. I have it right here. Since the Toronto game, I kind of changed my mindset. The whole season, I hadn't been as aggressive as I was last year when I was attempting 10 free throws a game. So the last couple games, I've just been aggressive, being more physical, creating contact, uh, causing whomever is guarding me to react to it. That's how they fouled me. Yeah, yeah, he's only shooting eight free throws a game this year. He was at 10 last year. Um, so if he keeps, you know, I think he had 15 the other night. I think he had 14 before that. And then at 15, 15, 15 the other night would, would get you to 44. So he, there's one other really encouraging stat here. And it's that his three-point shooting, which he kind of went bonkers against the Knicks. He had seven three-point attempts. A few games before that against Oklahoma City, he had eight. Yeah, yeah. He went one for two in that game against Indy. And what does that tell you? He was taking advantage of his size. He was doing everything he's supposed to do. You guys are do. being way too analytical for the Benny Hill music. Let's yeah. talk, let's yeah, talk yeah, let's some cut, numbers Cut here, the man. Benny Hill. I'm going to give you DVOA, <laughs> .5, FIP, blah, blah, blah. No, I mean, really, he, and, and Ben Simmons, too, was 7-for-7 seven seven from the foul line the other night, too. So, I mean, they were both able to be aggressive and both able to get there. I mean, of course, you know, then we all, we all know that they both can't be doing that at the same time, and one guy's going to have to be standing out on the perimeter, and that's a thing, but... I think I think more than anything, I think we're I think we're still seeing we're we're seeing that they're able to win games. They they've won, uh, God, maybe like three at least three games this year simply by just turning up the defense and the effort in the second half. Yep. And Ben Simmons, for all that we say about his 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 lack of like growth on the offensive end, I mean he's pl- he's playing at an All NBA 
defensive level right now. I mean, for him to rip off the two steals that he, well, he actually had three, three steals. Yeah, minute. but two two of them were the exact same on a back to back in the Knicks game. This the sideline out of bounds steal, mm-hmm. and then he had the other sideline out of bounds steal. I mean, as long as they're able to do that, they're going to be it can be competitive with anybody. I mean, whether they have enough offense to in the half court to get there, we'll see. I mean, they got a tough matchup tonight against a Jazz team that got absolutely blasted by Toronto last night. How's that for a back to back at Toronto and then well, at they, Philly? So their starters are going to be fresh. They've lost. They they've lost three of their last four. All yeah, on you, all on the road. The you, they lost also to Milwaukee. Yes. So you don't have Josh they, Richardson the only team tonight against to like be, a pick and roll team. The so, only team yeah. that they managed to beat in that stretch was the Memphis Grizzlies. So yeah, the the Utah game is interesting insofar as it was a two point loss for the Sixers on the road, and that was the game where Ben Simmons got hurt after only playing ten minutes. Yeah, this this in a sense this should be a low scoring affair with Joel Embiid matching up against Defensive Player of the Year, uh, two time reigning now Rudy Gobert. Ru- Rudy Gobert, not a good matchup for Joel. Should be an under if you were going to go on the DraftKings app. So if you uh, – I'll, I'll give you guys an option tonight for the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I, I wrote two of them out here. I think one was from last week that I didn't do. It was. And then I yeah. wrote out another one from last week, I think, also that I didn't do. But there's two of them in the hopper. So do you want the Mount Rushmore of uh, Coventry Mall stores that are no longer there? I love those stores. I remember those stores. In in honor of, well, no, I know. I see the other one, but in honor of Black Friday, I think that makes a lot of sense. Oh, it's a good Black Friday one. Yeah, Yeah, the other one's good for late December, and the other one's good for next week because we'll be hitting the bowl season next week. All right, so here's uh, on the Mount Rushmore of Coventry Mall stores that are no longer there. I've got Electronics Boutique. Love the Electronics Boutique. Love it. Where you take a sixty dollars game two weeks later and you get. $2.50. $2.50. I think they rebranded <laughs> yeah. it at one point to just EB. It was yeah. EB Games. EB, yeah. EB Games. It's kind of like MTV. Way more hip. Yeah. That, was a big, uh, that was a big seller up in yeah. the uh, Schuylkill Mall, yeah. up in Frackville. Uh, also on the Mount Rushmore of Coventry Mall stores that are no longer there, I've got Walden Books. Uh, Walden Books. Uh, Fairlane Village Books Mall too. favorite. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. hit you with, uh, they had a, you remember Sam Goody? Oh, oh yeah. Goody got it. Goody got it. Goody got it. Sam Goody. What's Sam Goody? Oh, oh my, my God. God, guys! I grew up in Schuylkill County, dude. This is worse than Billie Eilish. No, Sam Goody yeah. is a pretty yeah. popular. It's where you got all your cassettes and yeah. CDs yeah. and get your cassettes. Yeah, it was. It was like a. Uh, Did it get bought yeah. out by Fye? No. So my fourth one on the Mount Rushmore of Coventry Mall stores that are no longer there is the Wall, oh, which was uh, yeah, also the Wall. Yeah, which was which turned which that turned into Fye. Yeah. So, yeah. so <laughs> Sam Goody, okay. editor of Sam Goody. Okay. Yeah. So Sam Goody and uh, and the Wall were at like far opposite ends of. Uh, I believe that I bought at Sam Goody a Shaggy CD, but it was just uh, the it? song uh, Mr. Boombastic. It wasn't the <laughs> I was entire say, album. Was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't you. It was just it was like a single, a single. on a CD <laughs> for like. Three ninety nine. That's great. Uh, well, if you went to, here's the thing about the wall. You used to go to the wall and say you're Billie Eilish and you're buying a Van Halen album at the wall, right? They used to put this little sticker on the front of the uh, disc that said, like, what it's, it's, it just said the wall on it. Yep. Or I mean, it was cracked or it was broken or like anything like that. You could bring it back. Exactly. And get another one for free. So what some people used to do is like, Right around the time that you were able to put a CD in your computer and burn the songs to the computer, you just buy the CD, like dump it on the computer and then you'd like break the jewel case but you would give the songs to everybody else and you just get like a like a fresh one people found a way to like uh 
circumvent that. Did you have a uh, an Orange Julius? At I love. First of all, Orange Julius still exists. <laughs> it sure does. Uh, it doesn't really. Yeah, yeah I think and I love, at, I love Orange Julius. Yeah. Yeah. I love Orange Julius. What else did we have? Uh, you know, we had we had all the like typical like white suburban like you know chain stores that you'd find so, at any mall. You'd find it, like Granite Run. Or you'd find it like. I'll tell you what. I was a, I was a movie was, guy. I was a movie guy. You didn't have a mall in Pottsville. We did. Yeah, there was a movie store, wasn't there? Suncoast Motion Pictures. Suncoast, yeah, man. man. I used Suncoast to go into Suncoast yeah, and get Suncoast video, video. Buy, buy all my VHS tapes. In yeah, there. we had a Hollywood video in uh, on High Street in Pottstown, and uh, that's where I got my. Uh, that's where I saw Judas Priest live VHS <laughs> 1986 for the first time. Uh, it makes me sound I, like I, I'm 50 years old, but I'm 35, so maybe I was born in the it wrong. Must, I'll, give you, I'll give you another one. Do you remember? Do you remember? And this might be. I, mean, I might be a little bit older than for you guys. Do you remember Chess King? No. no. It was a. It was a um, men's um, uh, clothing store. Oh, okay. All right. It was like it was yeah. like kind of like '80s designer stuff. Yeah, '80s and yeah. '90s Does, designer okay. stuff. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's now the only thing that's left in the Coventry Mall is that, well, I still got a they still got a Boscovs. It's like an anchor. They still have there. a mall. See, yeah. this is the thing. Yeah. Even uh, mall still even there. in a bad scenario, most people in this area, and I I need people to understand how how lucky they are. You're talking about mall, uh, stores that have left malls. There's at least still a mall. You know, where I grew up, the Frackville Mall, the Schuylkill Mall, the that thing has gotten torn down. I think it's becoming a women's detention center. Is that really and, a place? And, and it's getting split with, if I remember correctly, a place like a truck depot. Okay? Well, I mean, the uh, Fairlane Village Mall had, had Value City move out. That's how bad things well, got. Well, it's not like Boyertown was a bustling metropolis i'll give I mean, you one. i would drive to Pottstown to go to the mall i'll At give you one more stores. i'll give you one we, more though, we used to have to drive 40 minutes to reading or 40 up to hazelton <laughs> to go see a movie i guarantee like think about this that. is probably That's the one that you probably enjoyed going into terrible. as a kid okay to play around kb toys well kb yeah of Love course. KB. but that was toys but like to play around with things sharper image uh, did not oh. have one of those at either mall sharper. growing up. Really? Did not see a sharper image until I got to college. Yeah, we and didn't have a sharper image in South Jersey either. That, did you, was, you a, that was a king of Prussia. Did you have malls deal. in South Jersey? Yeah. I spe- uh, we had the Echelon Mall and the Deffer Mall. The oh, Deffer yeah. Mall still Deffer, gets it Deffer, done. Deffer, yeah. Yeah. I think we should pour one, pour one out for all the, the malls Echelon that have mall down yeah. there. No, uh, long this, hol- this holiday season, remember... <laughs> Remember the mall remember, that you used remember to actually the mall. go to. Yeah, I wanted my my daughter to grow up and be a mall rat. You know, like because you're not uh, when you're hanging at the mall. You know, you're just going to the arcade, you're going to stores and stuff like that. You're staying out of trouble. Maybe there's hope. There's not. Maybe there is hope for the there's future. Not. You know, what? thanks for listening to Crossing Broadcast here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. We'll be back next week. Thanks to Ryan Lennox behind the glass. Follow us over on Twitter. Read everything over on CrossingBroad.com. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Hey hey hey.